You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumert. Uh, Mary, here's the way it works. You may not understand this totally. If you tell the uh, other party, the Democrats, uh, no, you guys are cheaters, you're frauds, you didn't really win the election at all, and you incite your uh, followers to go and tear apart the Capitol. If you do all those things and some others, then when you're finished from that, your next step is to turn to the opposing party, the Democrats, and say, come on, people, now smile at each other. Everybody (laughs) get together. Got to love one another right now. Right? We We need unity. Wasn't that so absurd? I mean, even I'm a conciliator by nature. I thought that takes a big set of whatever to sit in the House chamber yesterday and say, you're just making things worse by doing this. And you're going to cause violence and disruption. Like, well, what did your dude do last week? And by, by the big lie. I thought, I mean, Jim Jordan in particular was, and I, you know, he was in charge of everybody's speaking time. So you had to listen to him all day. And he did have a jacket on. I will give him that. Yeah. Um, But without any shame, he seemed then to blame the Democrats for wanting to hold the president accountable for the violence that happened in the in the Capitol. That was stunning to me. Even I didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah. And I know you just gave him credit for actually having a suit on. I'll give him that. I'm going to give him (laughs) credit for something else. I don't give Jim Jordan much. I actually agreed with him when he came out right in his first speech. And he said, the problem is the Democrats, the general people have hated Donald Trump since he came into office. And I stood up in my room and I said, that's exactly right. And I'll tell you why. (laughs) It's because he was lying the day he took office. He lied about the number of people uh, that were there at uh, his inauguration. He already had Mike Flynn doing illegal things with the Russians. He had colluded with the Russians during the campaign. He had done the Hollywood, what was it called? The Hollywood Access something Hollywood. Thing. Access yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, Access Hollywood. All those things. He had uh, championed the birther movement. Did I hate Trump, Donald Trump four years ago and think he was an inappropriate, listen to me, not illegitimate, but inappropriate president? I confess, I did. Hey, John, you know, that's a great point because when, when, um, Jordan started out that way, talking about um, how from the minute Trump got into office, people were trying to impeach him. I think he said his they called for his impeachment within the first two weeks. And I thought, well, of course, that happened for exactly the reasons you said that many people in the United States thought that Trump was not fit to be president and plenty of. Um, evidence had been submitted 
by Trump himself to the American people. Nonetheless, he did win. And while we may have had some suspicions about did the Russians help turn certain votes in Michigan, all that, I don't remember ever saying that the election was stolen from Hillary Clinton. You know, we analyzed the hell out of it. Like, was it misogyny? Was it this? Was it that? But what he did and the enterprise since, as I said, not just the day of the election, but leaning backwards was to say that the actual um, vote totals were wrong and fraudulent. And for that, there needs to be some accountability when it results in violence. So I thought the, the entire Republican presentation yesterday was not just sad, um, but it also continued to implicate those guys in the undermining of our democracy. And they weren't all men, but those Republicans in the undermining of our democracy. And, and it was frightening to me, actually. Well, it is frightening. And part of it, you say the undermining of the democracy. I agree with you totally. And I'm going to put another word in there. The continuing undermining of truth. And truth, and somebody else, I think maybe Adam Schiff included the word virtue as well, is important to democracy. I, I'm going to cite this to, to Schiff. Ah, it's not. I'm wrong. Steny Hoyer in his uh, closing speech, he talked about the fact that what guides us, what has made us an enduring republic is not just, are not just the words that are written in the Constitution. They are the virtues and the traditions that began with George Washington, that went through John Adams walking out and turning over power, that went with the reliance that we have upon the people in office and our reliance on truth. Now, when one congressman after another, congressperson after another, stands up and says, this is the same thing as you Democrats did last summer. You called for violence out in the streets. That's a lie. That is simply a lie. No Democrats were calling for violence in the streets. Were we calling for people to stand up? and protest uh, the racism in this country? Yes. Did a couple of whack jobs go out, a small percentage, and go into uh, athletic shoes stores? Yes. But for you to try and, for you in general, not you, Mary, <laughs> for them to try and create an equivalence between Black Lives Matter and the attack on the Capitol, that's a lie, and that undermines democracy. That's a great point because the the moral equivalencies, the whataboutisms of yesterday, really demeaned the process from the opposition. And you know that is what it is. I mean, one of the things that Jordan said that I just <laughs> I could like almost threw up when I heard it, and he said, you know, by doing this. You are hindering the, <laughs> okay, now I'm going to laugh, the peaceful transfer of power. I want to say, what? Oh, God. How about what yeah. happened Wednesday? This is what we mean about the peaceful transfer of power, that the, the uh, candidate who lost concedes to the other candidate and then says, 
I will do whatever needs to be done so that there is continuity of government. And Trump and his supporters have done exactly the opposite of that, up to and including having their militia, as it were, attack the Capitol. One of the things that, you know, the days to come may demonstrate, and I hate, you know, conspiracy theories and all that, but it does appear there may even have been some complicity among the Congress people. So this was not just a random, oh, we're really pissed off. We learned, we listened to Trump and then we attacked the Capitol. There was a lot more going on than that. And for that, for Jordan to sit in the House of Representatives that had a week before been attacked and say, wow, you guys are really undermining the people transfer power. That, well, this is the kind of shamelessness and cluelessness that has allowed this to go on for the last four years. And, you know, everything yesterday, they wanted to focus just on the speech, just on the words. They said, listen to his words. Did you notice in his 12th sentence that he actually included the words peacefully? Nothing before that made any difference. In the same way that Jordan seems oblivious to the fact that for the last two plus months, Trump and his followers have done everything they could to block the trans peaceful transition. They didn't allow access to departments. They cut that off even later with the defense. They would not accept what was clearly in front of them, even when the Electoral College in December uh, voted. Even when they came up on the 6th to that vote, some, what, 170 of them vote no, we will overturn the votes of Pennsylvania. We will overturn the votes of Georgia. But they all want it right at the end. And I, I want to give a very quick comparison, if I can. I'll disguise this a bit. When I was teaching high school, I was on the disciplinary board. This is the board that because they're a private high school, if a student's going to be expelled, they come up to that. It's like impeachment for students, roughly. And we had a young man who had created problems for two years, one disciplined thing after another. And it came to a head when he stood up in front of a young black woman, mocking her, he threw his arms up and said, oh, please don't shoot, don't shoot. It's on top of everything. In that disciplinary meeting, his parents argued, wait a minute, you're expelling him for one little thing here. That's one phrase. It may not be good, but it's just one thing. Isn't that what the Congress was saying was nothing else Donald Trump has done makes any difference. You're trying to get him just on these little words. It's so interesting, too, because he has been marshalling those troops since Election Day and probably before. I mean, that's how you get all those people there on that day. Trump was the one who set the day, who said, come to D.C. on the 6th. It'll be wild. And he was the one who held a rally with those people. And what I thought was interesting, too, John, is that some of the Republicans, right, so we have 10 Republicans who vote for impeachment. And a couple of those, and who specifically, I don't remember off the top of my head, although I think one was Gonzalez, who was in Ohio, he's from like Cincinnati, actually went to St. Ignatius here in Cleveland in Ohio State, played in the NFL, really a good guy. And he said something like, and while we were under attack, the president did nothing. So I think that for those 
Republicans who saw their lives at risk and realized the president was sitting at home, our home, watching TV and kind of celebrating, it was a final straw. And, you know, I mean, one of the interesting people who has emerged from this whole drama is Lynn Cheney, who think what you want about Dick Cheney, but those that family are institutionalists of the highest order. And I think for her, because there's no political benefit to do what she did, it was just one step too far. So I give credit to all those Republicans. I know some people are like, too little, too late. Okay, you know, but Trump was in power. And, you know, they are Republicans. But finally, at this moment, they could say, no, this is not okay. This is not how we run our government. And this is how you destroy a democracy. Because one of the things I was thinking when I was watching it, and when it was all over and the votes were taken, I have to say I cried a little bit because we came, we keep coming so close to the end of the American experiment. And I don't know whether people really understand how fragile a, a system of government can be. I don't think so either. And I, I have thought a lot about this. Just change one thing in history. Go back a few years and put the Republicans in charge of the House of Representatives. Do that election different. And maybe just to change that, instead of Trump's lunacy about caravans coming, put the Republicans on a better side on health care. Had we come into January 6th with a Republican majority in both the Senate and the con Congress, are we going to count on the tremendous moral spine of Mike Pence? I ain't going to do it. It is totally possible that that Congress, uh, the House of Representatives and the Senate, could have voted to overturn the election. I think it's totally possible think, that could have happened. Right. And the only reason you have moral, you have Mitch McConnell now, you know, getting some religion is because he's thinking through the political gain to him. That doesn't mean that he doesn't, wasn't appalled. And we know he hates Trump and all of that from the reporting, but he's making political decisions, not decisions that serve the country. So when Nancy Pelosi was signing last night, the article, and she said, I am brokenhearted, I believe that. I think whatever you think about Nancy, political, Nancy Pelosi, and she is a, a, you know, a politician extraordinaire, um, I think it is heartbreaking for her that we are here yet again trying to hold not just the president to account, but the entire Republican Party that is supposed to be the loyal opposition. And, and I understand your tears, and I understand that sense of heartbreak. One of the things we have believed, I have actually said this at times, is that our presidential election system works. I remember once telling somebody, I know the election goes on forever, the primaries go on forever, but that's really good because it makes certain that we will winnow out the guys who don't belong uh, belong there. Uh, the guy, oh, why am I going to forget? Uh, he was a vice presidential candidate, and he was so close. Uh, oh, darn, now I just forget. Uh, there, Who never should have been uh, president. He got involved in all sorts of schemes. Oh, Sorry Spiro, to be off on that. Spiro Agnew? Yeah, Spiro Agnew, all these kind of guys. 
you know, that it will weed these guys out. You know what's so heartbreaking is that Donald Trump proves that our system does not winnow those guys out, that we can elect an autocrat. We can elect somebody who is totally unqualified. We're totally uh, able to do that and can even lead an insurrection. And does that shake our faith in our system? It does to me. That is it, heartbreaking. It, it does. But now, now we're on the project of can we autocorrect? So let's can see. Can we autocorrect from the autocorrect? Yeah, exactly. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm go- excuse me, I got to go. I got to make a bu- uh, bumper sticker. <laughs> All right. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.